What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you're listening to The Carmine Davis Show. Uh, last week, I got so excited, I didn't even do my drop. <laughs> How y'all feeling? I'm a little bit better, as you can hear. I'm still pissed, and this ain't over. Nah, 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 nah. Not by a long shot. Um, But I am feeling a little better. I'm... Um, must been all the rain. There's been a lot of rain up here in Georgia and it's been really, really cool for the month of June. Like it's been really nice. So I must, it, it could be because this is the end of the world. So, but um, so far it's nice. <laughs> um, if you get the chance, if you're just now tuning in, follow, um, and, uh, subscribe to this podcast, share it, do whatever you got to do. Whatever you feel like doing, whatever the spirit makes you feel like doing, do it. Um, our football series is over. We're going to try to get to the um, same um, format that I've been trying to <laughs> consummate for the longest. But we always start with a hot topic. And right now, um, did y'all know that y'all can't drink on flights anymore? Yes, 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 ma'am. Okay, so they're, um, according to our usual, usual boo, lovebscott.com, um, Delta, American, JetBlue, and other airlines to stop serving alcohol on flights. Several airlines have either stopped or limited alcohol services during domestic flights to minimize the amount of interactions between passengers and crew in the wake of COVID-19. This is literally ruining everything. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read... Um, the drop as usual. And then I'm going to tell you what I think. While EasyJet has made water the only available beverage, KLM will also serve soft drinks. Delta Airlines will reserve beer, wine, and hard liquor for international flights only. And American Airlines will keep its alcohol solely for those in first class or flying international. Earlier this month, a group of the rep group that represents Delta JetBlue Southwest and the United issued a policy in response to the threat of COVID-19 that would allow for stiff punishment to be imposed on passengers who failed to abide by the requirements of wearing a face mask while on board. Each airline could determine the punishment if the rule is violated. United, for example, has already dictated that anyone in violation of the policy following ample warnings from staff of their face mask policy would be placed in, on an internal travel restriction list, which would prevent them from using their airline for a certain period of time. The Transportation Security Administration reported over 500,000 passengers were screened in a single day last week for the first time since March 21st. While the total doesn't come close to the average of 2 million daily around this time last year, it's still a vast improvement from the fewer than 100,000 travelers who were coming some days during the worst of coronavirus pandemic. These figures suggest that while business for the airlines appears to be increasing, it's still a ways from getting back to normal. So they'll bring as much water as you ask for, but not alcohol. Sounds like this has a little to do with COVID-19 and more to do with the airlines cutting costs again. Well, okay, so last time I was on an airline was kind of pre-COVID. Um, I knew about what was going on um, around the world, but it was pretty much not in our backyard yet. I went to Dallas uh, to visit a friend. 
we, I flew Delta there. I usually fly Delta, but when I'm flying with someone else or something like that, most people around my age usually do like Spirit or, um, what's that other one? Spirit and, um, I don't know. So I did my flight. I booked my own flight. I was going by myself. So I, I booked Delta. So I thought until I went and I flew Delta, the flight was pretty smooth on the way there. It was a really, really nice flight. I had a, I had maybe a glass of Chardonnay there. I think it was the only thing that I had. I go and I, I get up early or I go, I, I think I look at my flight the day before I leave, of course, to go and check in and everything. It was spirit. I was flying back spirit. I had no idea. First of all, I don't like, I I don't want to throw shade at spirit, spirit airlines. Like I get it. I don't know. I feel like the amount of money that I, I spend, I don't know, adding bot bags and I could have just flew Delta. You know, you only have a carry-on bag that you can carry, right? And then every other bag is like 40-something dollars or some shit. So you add $40, $80, let's say you're going for a four-day weekend. You need like two bags, including a carry-on. Maybe I do travel with too much. <laughs> Maybe you only... This last time, though, I only flew with a, a bag. Most of all of my stuff um, that I wore were so small and... Uh, compact, like it was all like, like uh, two pieces, two piece sweatsuits, and really cute, um, like um, jumpsuits and cute t shirts and stuff like that. So it all kind of rolled into my um, brown uh, faux leather bag that I love, and so it 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 managed to carry it. So I didn't have to pay for another bag on the way back but bitch spirit that was like i call spirit the greyhound in the sky like it it was so bad and i'm not trying to throw shade at anybody i know who's to say that you won't catch me on a spirit airline and if everybody that i'm going with choose a spirit i'm not i'm gonna get on the flight this flight was so bad bitch like it was i felt like one it felt like i had i I know people think I'm bougie, but I hang with a lot of trap niggas and, or I don't hang with them, but I have a lot of them in my life. And you ever, if you ever need to go anywhere really, really fast, you ride with a trap nigga. And that's what that felt like. The flight there was an hour and 45 minutes. We got back from Texas to Atlanta and 45 minutes. And that was the long, <laughs> that's an exaggeration, but like that was the hardest 45 minutes I ever had in my whole entire life. Like we were going in and out of the sky. It felt like we were driving in a Crown Vic with some trap nigga trying to go to the gas station and get the last Rulo before it closed. Like we were booking it in the sky. The, we kept going in and out, in and out. If you've ever driven with a trap nigga, like you know that they swerve, they, but you never die, but you get always this close. Like it's, it's something about driving with them. And, and it's sexy normally, you know, like you driving with somebody, you're like, hell yeah, like let's, you know, let's whip this shit. Like they really are in control. 
this, I don't know who this person was driving this. Did you could not tell me they didn't have a black and mild in their ear while they were driving? Like at all. Like I'm not trying to be racist or anything like that. Like trigger warning. Like I'm, you know, I'm real. Like I'm going to keep it very a thousand. That was very uh, niggerish. You know, like <laughs> the way they were driving. Me and this lady, it was, uh, luckily there was only, um, two of us um in the three seats i think but there was this girl she didn't have a bag or anything you could tell that she my my passenger next to me she was a really really pretty girl pretty um uh brown skinned girl she had this cute she had the cute hair and the cute little phone with the louis vuitton you know what i'm talking about those kind of girl the cute um coffin uh pink nails she was she was really really cute and she just we just kind of kept our distance it was an early flight and next thing you know by in 15 minutes we were literally holding each other's arms hands we were praying together we were going up and down up and down the whole flight not just during turbulence and all of that whoop de whoop whoop de whoop it was like whoa like but the oh it was because he was like as if he was trying to make it to the fucking liquor store before they closed or some shit like that like we were in and out, in and out, dodging, like you could just feel like this was it. When I say I wasn't, I was like, I have to get, I have to drink. I was buying her shots of Jack. We were fucked up. It was seven o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. We landed. I probably landed. It, we left Dallas at seven and we probably were at in Atlanta, eight ten. I probably was in my, my girl blessing came and got me. I was probably in her car nine eight eight thirty like that's how fast the flight was we i was just happy to be alive but i was so drunk we i mean i literally told her just give me just just whatever the jacks just give them to me like they were like seven a shot or something like that like i know i probably we between me and her i said girl you want one like we were literally arm in arm now i don't know if i would have and i had a toothache like it was so much I don't know how that's not being reported. Like there was so much up and down and all that. My tooth was hurting and my ears were popping. My eyes were watering. That's how bad the flight was. Like you could see the lights and he, we were just driving. We were just driving. Like it was, we were just it, like, driving. We were flying. That's what it felt like. We were driving. We were whipping in the sky. Like I wouldn't have not made it without Jack my homie Jack. I was already drunk before I got on the flight. I I was tipsy before I got on the flight because we were, you know, we were. It was um, uh, me and my friends and and um, everybody. We were. We, it was a pretty fun weekend. But so I don't know. I hope I didn't see Spirit on the list. If you fly Spirit like that, hopefully they still they got to. They got to. I I can't Delta. I could deal with. But if I ever have to fly Spirit or anything like that again, or what is the other one? Spirit. And I've flown the other one too. I just don't remember. I was in a group trip trip with some of my old coworkers. Um what was that? Where do we where do we fly? I don't remember the other one. That sounds horrible. But I'm a Delta person and I like to to drink. Even though the Delta I usually don't because Delta is so expensive. Their drinks are a little bit too much. And I usually never fly too far out like delta to me i can go two or three hours without drinking but on the way there it was a fun trip so i was like okay let me get a drink but I, if you fly spirit or something like that like i don't know what you gotta you gotta have to do a blunt 
you got to be high. I, I, I have um, flown on Eddie before. I, I did. But, you know, that's as far as my drug use go. I don't really do anything outside of marijuana if I do partake. But um, I had an edible on the way coming home from Vegas. Um, yeah, like that's as far as I don't know how anybody will f- would be able to fly Spirit or whatever the other uh, economy airlines are without a drink. So I'm glad they weren't named, but I'm assuming, and all because of COVID, it does seem like they are cutting back on costs. I do feel like uh, any chance that they get, but the flights went up. So I'm like, I was trying to go and take a little trip, you know, a little business slash pleasure trip. I take every little trip I do is business and pleasure. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Everything I do is business and pleasure. Hello. <laughs> but um, I, they went back up. So I I better be able to drink or I'm going to start bringing my own. You know what I'm saying? Like some, I'm not a nervous flyer. I usually like to sleep during my flights anyway. But that flight coming back from Texas and y'all don't have to see, y'all don't have to worry about my black ass being in any spirit airline seat ever. Again, ever. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I That was the worst experience of my life. And I would not have made it without Mr. Jack Daniels. Like, I would not have. We probably, between me and her, and she ended up buying me one, two. I gave her, like, three. <laughs> so, I had three. and then, So, four. We had four. In that 45-minute flight, <laughs> we were knocking them back. It was horrible. Like, I just... I couldn't imagine. Wow. And now they're they're talking about not bringing any alcohol on the flight unless you're first class. That's. I don't know, Jack. I'm going to need you on my next flight if I if I have to. Fucking. Have to fly spirit for whatever reason, if I have to you just get away. I'm going to start doing Southwest. My best friend tells me all about Southwest. I haven't flown Southwest since I was a kid. My mom used to put us on the Southwest flights um, to visit home, Indiana, from Mississippi. I was born in Indiana, so I consider Mississippi is my home, but all my um, a lot of my family is from Indiana. My mom used to put us on the flight um, Southwest, and I haven't. I used to love it as a kid, so I, I haven't flown Southwest. I'm a Delta American flyer. <laughs> Does that make me bougie or a bu- I'm a little, I think I'm a bougetto bitch. Like I, I'll get on a Delta flight on an edible and just be chilling. <laughs> okay. Well, anywho, what do y'all think? Do you need to f- drink and fly? Are you a fly drinker? Are you already fucked up before you get there? Or is this something that just will not concern you at all? It, it kind of, I'm a little bit of both. I, it won't, I don't have to drink to fly but if i'm flying like it was frontier if i'm flying frontier or spirit i gotta i gotta have some brown like or something because they just be flying however the fuck they want let me know what y'all think um instagram.com slash carmine davis show or instagram.com slash carmine davis facebook.com slash carmine davis uh twitter is where you'll probably get the best results from me because i don't really pay attention to a lot of everything nowadays um, I'm in and out of social media like that I'll go these hours of just being locked on my phone and I'll just go and disappear uh, twitter.com slash Davis 
Let me know what you think about it. All right, we're going on to the next segment, the artist spotlight. And I've been promise promising you guys uh, my artist spotlight on Danity Kane, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I feel like I today, it's a good episode to do. I love Danity Kane, um, but I love them better as a trio, and I'm going to tell you why. And if you don't know who Danity Kane is, they are a multi-platinum selling girl group that was signed by Bad Boy Records in... I want to say 2005. Yeah, 2005. Um, and it consists of Aubrey O'Day, Don Richard, or Richard, child, um, Shannon Becks, Andrea Fimbres, and Juanita D. Woods Woodgate. DK, again, was signed to Bad Boy Records by Diddy after doing the Making the Band reality television series in 2005. You didn't watch Making the Band we were not friends, basically. Me and my best friends used to watch Making the Band all the time. We would love it. They danced, they sang. It appealed to me. They were pretty girls. They were, um, uh, it was just everything to me. I loved the, I loved the first, even the first Making the Band with uh, the band. I loved them. I loved uh, Baps and Sarah Stokes, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about Danny Kane. Uh, they released their self-titled debut album in 2006 and achieved success in the United States, shipping a million copies domestically. Uh, they spawned the top 10 singles, Shell Stopping, We Shell, Shell Stop There. And then they did Ride For You, which only had two singles. I did not know. I felt like, I feel like they would have, to me, every time I hear, if I was a and which I wasn't, uh, but I was a huge fan of that record. And I felt like they had stronger releases. They only had two singles, Showstopper, Ride For You. But I felt like right now, um, no, Hold Me Down would have been the best third single. I think it would have carried them, especially around that time. I think it was produced by like Timbaland and um, was, oh, no, 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 no. It was produced by J Rodney Jerkins. I'm thinking about Right Now. I don't, I loved Right Now because it was a Timbaland and Danger track. Hold You Down, I think, would have done really, 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 really well. Especially around that time with the temperament that music was with the Cassies and everybody blowing up. I felt like it would have fit right in and it would have took them on to the next record better. They had a lot of really, really great uh, singles on that record, but you could tell that they were very... Like I said, like it, it felt like when you hear it vocally, it sounds like five bitches in a cubicle. Like they work together, but they don't know each other like that. Like we work together. You could hear all their voices and they were, you could tell they were very unconfident on the mic. Very, I don't know her like that. We're, we're familiar. I just, we just, it's a, it was five voices on one song every time. Like it was a whole track list of five voices. They never really got it together until their record, Welcome to the Dollhouse, which I think was one of the best pop R&B albums of the early 2000s, period. I don't think that's even up for discussion. I, I, I think that that was uh, musically, sonically, there was no real girl groups out at that time, except for, I think Destiny's Shot was up. Weren't they over at this time? Like there was no girl groups doing it like that. And they got back together. The first album, apparently, they weren't even expected to sell anything. They didn't even have enough shipments to even deal with what they had. Like, they they were 
I feel like Diddy, we're looking at them as a marketing tool for Diddy and a reality show. And it became a real marketable, marketable music group. And because uh, they could sing. They all, like, don't get me wrong, all five of those girls could sing. They just didn't have it together yet. They probably met each other three months ago. You know what I mean? And if you're a singer and you've ever been in a group or sang with other people, that takes time. You have to even learn each other's mental. You know what I mean? So to even sing with each other and do it right and do it well to the point where it's really pleasing to the air, you have to get to know each other. And it was obvious that these girls did not know each other, but they made up for what they didn't know about each other on Welcome to the Dollhouse. The production was crazy. It was it was some of the best production that I... They, they really... You could tell that everybody brought their A-game. Everybody took it seriously. And everybody started singing on the mic. It was a little bit more confidence going on. And I feel like... You can say I'm biased. Uh, but I feel like these girls all stepped up and we saw a real uniform. They became, they started to find their uniform sound. And of course they did uh, Bad Girl, which is, I thought was, so, I can be your addiction if you want to get hooked on me. I, I And they all started to write, which I felt like that is the, especially if you're working with someone like Diddy, who he is a shark in this industry. They all were signed to a I'm sure one-off deal you know it was it was you needed your pub your publishing so they all kind of started grabbing the pen especially Danny uh Dawn but I felt like this record they relied heavily on the girls playing roles like Aubrey O'Day began to take on the the sexy role where um Andrea was the cute fluffy innocent one and Dawn was the vocal of the group she was the diva of the group you know she was she was the vocal powerhouse of the group every song I felt like relied on her heavily vocally D Woods was the roundaway girl you know the relatable one and Shannon I felt was up until like who you know she she's oh you're there you know she was just she was the pretty gloss on it but I always knew she was the secret weapon of the group you can hear it like on um damaged you know do do you got a first aid kit handy like I I, I, I she and she was to me the dance of the group like I feel like if they didn't have any choreographer Lorianne Gibson of course about this point stopped working with them. You can't make me believe I almost a thousand percent sure I'm almost a thousand percent sure that between her, Shannon, uh, I mean, Shannon, Dawn and Aubrey, they were the choreographers of the group, which is to me, <laughs> I felt like they made the heart and soul of the group anyway. And I'll get back to that in a minute on Key to, Key to Your Heart. I think they all it's the only song on the album where they all kind of sang together, which is one of my favorite songs. They all had a verse. They all sang. And to me, I felt like that was one of my favorite songs on the album key to my heart and because they all sung you could hear their vocal colors but they were all they were always it was to me I felt like Dawn was made to be the vocal ball hog I felt like producers relied on her to tie in what was missing um to compensate for the fact that they didn't have confidence in the girls and the girls didn't have confidence in themselves vocally they didn't know 
I felt like they didn't have the confidence because they were put down by Diddy every chance they changed their nail color, let alone open their mouth and sing. Then they were told by Wendy Williams and everybody else that they couldn't sing. Then producers were coming in and changing them around and they were a new group. No one really cared about their feelings. They didn't have individual voices. It was about Danity Kane. It was about the brand. It was about Diddy bringing drama. It was never about their artistic integrity and their own artistic um, visions because I felt like all five of those girls are pretty dope artists on the low, like quiet as it's kept. I felt like those women all had a voice. Of course, they broke up if you don't know anything about it. Um, they just weren't getting along. There was no money in in anything that they were doing. They were going on tour, stitching together Forever 21 outfits. And they were on these huge tours with Christina Aguilera and the Pussycat Dolls. But they were getting um, a meal a day and a phone call like they were in fucking jail. Like, And they had so much internal issues whether it was dawn and aubrey but apparently dawn and d woods never got along the two sisters in the group didn't get along like they didn't see eye to eye and i think it's because dawn might have been the vocal ball hog of the group but i felt like she was probably the most insecure in the group i felt like she aubrey d woods and were the girls that were looked at as the glamazons the pretty girls the round the way girls the girls that you want to sleep with Dawn was the girl that she wanted to hear. And that probably got to her. I felt like, is it, I mean, who wouldn't, who, you're the lead singer of the group and you're not on everybody's hit list. It, it could get to you, especially when you're hearing over and over again how you're not pretty, you know, or that your makeup looks or you look crazy. You will, and you don't know these bitches. Again, like you don't know them. You're, you're thrown in this with them. So, you know, from what they say, she was making up fan accounts and attacking all the girls, calling them names and telling all their business to the press and all this, that, and the third. So they imploded. Okay. They imploded. And Diddy capitalized off that. He would not, they all went and agreed that, okay, this isn't working out. They don't like each other, but they wanted to renegotiate their contracts, get together, get some money and do another album right before they walked up and Diddy canceled them. He fired Aubrey and he fired D Woods, which, left the group with nothing. Like you had Aubrey, Shannon, and D Woods, which I felt like didn't make the group. Shannon didn't return. And so it was Aubrey and Dawn, which I felt like, like I say, the three core members of the group to me were Aubrey, Shannon, and Dawn. I felt like the other two could go and they did. So they, they tried to make it work with just, Andrea scary ass and Dawn then it didn't work so Dawn started working with Diddy Dirty Money Aubrey started doing her own material like a pop music type of thing which I loved automatic you know I love that song and then you add the fact that all the girls started doing their own thing and then Dawn was with Diddy Dirty Money she dealt with all of that there was a lot more pressures, a lot of things that she had to deal with. And eventually, Diddy Dirty Money, he felt like it was just a waste of money. He stopped doing it. The girls later on got together and said that we all want to come together and go on tour, which there's, of course, there was money in that. So they get y'all's ass up. Let's go get this money. Aubrey, I mean, who did? Aubrey, Dawn, D Shannon, and Andrea returned. D Woods did not. I guess she had some important um 
Tyler Perry play to be at or something like that. And so she didn't come. So she, it left them with four. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody, I never heard anybody being like, I can't listen to this without D Woods. You know, I, I miss D Woods voice in the group. Like I've never heard that. And I don't, I, I know. So they get together, they go on tour, the no filter tour. Andrea in the middle of the tour says again, that she wants to quit and go on and be a mom. Take your ass home. So to me, I felt like the group was stronger with three. I felt like this was the real, all those girls started having to step it up. And then this has been years of them singing together. There's three of them. And I feel like those were the three stronger all around performers, Shannon, on um, Aubrey and Dawn. They went on to record my favorite of the bunch, DK3. I loved DK3. DK3, that album was every fucking thing. They recorded that in 2014. Um, Welcome to Dollhouse was recorded in 2008 and they did it with the stereotypes. They did DK3 with stereotypes music groups, BMG and Mass Appeal, which was basically made them independent. They got the creative control they work with the stereotypes, um, Jim Johnson. They pushed out an amazing pop R&B album. I felt like it was perfection. Like it felt like it was so lean. Everybody showed up to work. Everybody sang. And the person who I felt like was the MVP on this record was Shannon fucking Bex. Shannon, the girl that everybody thought. Like, what was she there for? She showed up to work. She looked good. She sounded good. And she danced down. Aubrey and Dawn, of course, gave exactly the same thing they always did. But I felt like vocally, they were tighter. You know, Dawn relinquished her ball hog having mentality and started passing the girls the ball. And I, they all slam dunked it. I thought DK3 was everything. Now, of course, you know, them bitches got to fighting at the recording studio you know apparently dawn was going out they i feel like the issue in girl groups is a lack of communicate miscommunication and there's always a sense of distrust you get a bunch of girls together doing anything there is always this level which is so sad ladies y'all this is so sad but there's always a level of distrust. They always felt like, I think Danny D. Kane felt like they should have been bigger than what they were, which I agree. And there was no money in it. They didn't, I don't think they wrote on that last record. So there was really no money except in touring. No streams. It peaked at Billboard. It was 44, I think, or it didn't peak in the top 40 on Billboard charts. And they didn't have a hit single, but they got amazing critique for it. But they just couldn't get along. They just couldn't get along long enough to get the bag every single time. So they got to fighting about what was going on outside of the studio. Aubrey and Shannon were going and adding more of their vocals, apparently, to the album before it was finished. And Dawn didn't like that. So she comes in. She's confronting them about it. Words kind of get exchanged. And Dawn bops Aubrey in the back of her head. And it turns into this whole thing. They agreed to go ahead and do the record and release it. But it was the last record that they did together. They went off and did their own solo thing. Dawn's music and Dumb Blonde's music. If you get a chance, Dawn is a, is a solo artist. Shannon and Aubrey got together and did great music together. Dawn, of course, did amazing and elevated. She did amazing 
independent music and elevated the independent game. I look up to her as an indie artist. She changed the game. Her creativity is amazing. And Aubrey and Shannon did great pop albums. That Dumbledore record and that Bianca record are so good. They really got together and honed their craft. And then they went back on tour together. Realized that everybody wanted to see them together. The three, but I feel like the three are the strongest. Then Dawn, Aubrey, and Shannon. I feel like they didn't need the other two. Is that crazy? Like, I don't I don't think that they were necessary. I felt like if that, that could be how they go on forever. I don't think they still get along, but I think that they're old enough now to realize that people want to see Danny Kane more than they want to see Dawn and Aubrey and Shannon. And that's what matters. I was supposed to go see them at um, on their last tour, DK3 tour. What was it? The Universe Can't Be Defeated or The Universe Is Never Defeated tour. Or I'm a defeatist attitude tour. I don't know what it is, but I didn't get a chance to go. But I want to. I hope they, I think they are back on tour. But do you listen to Danny Kane? Which one was your favorite album? I know you listen to Danny Kane. If you listen to me, you listen to Danny Kane. You've heard. And don't tell me Showstopper or Damaged. Tell me your favorite Danny Kane song. My favorite Danny Kane song has to be Rhythm of Love. I love Sleep on It. Sleep on It to me probably is my favorite Danny Kane song. It's still Sleep on It. Sleep on It. And I'll get back at y'all when I wanna. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like, I, it's, just, it's a good stupid. Like, it's, I, I love that song. But what is your favorite Danny Kane song? Email me at CarmineDavisShow at gmail.com or show at CarmineDavis.com. Let me know your favorite Danny Kane song. Carmine Davis Show on Instagram. Carmine Davis on Instagram, twitter.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know your favorite Danny D. Kane song and also your favorite album. Mine is DK3. Now, on this next segment, let's move on. We always call, we do love and relationships as the final segment. This segment, we are opening our Cosmopolitan magazines, baby, and Get into the nitty gritty. Cosmopolitan has the 16 signs that dude you like really likes you back. These are definitely uncertain times. And the last thing you need to be thinking about is if your man likes you or not. So, and I, and to the fellas listening to this, the hetero, this can apply to you as well. So just pay attention. Don't, don't log out yet. Okay. So number one, he's down to plan vacations with you. I've never had anybody plan vacations with <laughs> No, we, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Um, a sure sign that he sees you in the future, therefore meaning he really, really likes you, is when you bring up some places you've always wanted to go or something that you've always wanted to try. And he responds with something like, yeah, we should definitely do that. It's a subtle, it's subtle, but once you notice it, you notice it. Two, he'll happily watch The Bachelor with you. And yeah, and yeah that includes The Bachelorette. I guess so. You start watching stuff that your guy or your girl is interested in. If you like, if they like it, you start watching it. He helps you move. This is honestly more of a sign the dude wants to marry you because helping someone move is the worst thing you could do. I agree. I agree. I don't help people. I do not like to do. I'd rather get you help and chip in and get you a mover. I, 
I have helped move. I've helped in a few people move, but it's a sign of true love and dedication. And I probably just did not want to spend money on a help you with a mover or some shit like that. Like to me, that is no, that's a no. So if I help you move, I like you. He encourages couple selfies. Now we all know like that dude that does not like to be pictured. He doesn't like you, girl. He doesn't like you. So, you know, when you whip out your phone, front facing camera and he doesn't shy away, he likes you. So you're more than close friends. Five, he never says anything about spending too much time together. Oh, that is so sweet. Here's something crazy. When someone likes you, they want to spend time with you. It's plain and simple. So yes, all people need some alone time, but a guy who gets weird when you ask to hang out more than once a week is probably doesn't really like you. Or at least not in a way that you like him, which is fair. Six, he puts at least a little care into everything y'all do together. You're not just sitting on someone's couch, eating takeout and watching TV, although that's great. But he's trying to impress you by doing things like taking you to the park on a nice day or going for ice cream because ice cream is great and it's fun to eat with someone you like. Seven, he calls what you're doing dating and not hanging out. Oof, child. Which leads to the next point. Two people who like each other and are hanging out with each other are going on dates. Thank you. Stop using that phrase, we're talking or we're hanging out. No, if you like me, we are dating. If you are want to see me every day, you want nobody but me in your life, we are dating. I cannot stand that whole we were talking bullshit or we're talking. It's such a cop out. Any dude who says or uses the phrase we're talking is not emotionally mature for you and for me. Any girl who's saying that you're just talking at this point, y'all are not doing anything. So, okay, let's keep going. Eight, he's not afraid to double text. That is really kind of, persistence is my turn on. If I can say, like, I'm not an easy cookie to bite. I'm not. <laughs> I, I I put myself high on the fridge or... I'm locked away in your mama's room. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm that cookie. I don't really like to make myself very easy. So persistence is how you get me because I think I'm worth it. Like, I think, and you know, some of, I have a friend who who's like the complete opposite. You know, he believes that if you like somebody, you should show them or blah, blah, blah. And that means, I guess, you know, greeting them beaver first. No, I'm just kidding. But no, like, you, you're just, I like you. You like me too. But I'm very, so double texting to me is the sure sign that, okay, you know, he's, this guy's serious. He'll double text me. That's the, I'll pay attention to you a little bit more. I put you above anybody else that I'm quote unquote talking to at this moment. Nine, he's down to sleep over at your place. And that means stay the whole night. You know, and I'm one of those people want to, I, I could like you, but I, I want to jet out after I nut. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I want my own bed. But my ex-fiance used to, to stay over all the time. Like, we, we, that, our first night together, actually, you know, he stayed over and he stayed over every night after that. Like, we were just, 
we were always in bed together. We stayed together. So I guess that's the sign he's down. 10, he wants to run errands with you. That's a good one. Because I like running errands with people. But it is an act. I only like running and doing things with people that I like. So like if you ask me to go and meet you at Target to do all these things, I'm all about that. I think that's something sexy. Even that's to me one of the most sexiest things you could do together. Like right now I'm even a little roused thinking about going grocery shopping with your boo. Like I think that you're building, it's like you're building a home together. You're, 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 you're checking off things on my checklist with me. You care, you are reaping into my life. Is that dramatic? It don't matter if it is or not. Love is dramatic, baby. All right, 11 of 16. Um, number 11, he doesn't get weird about leaving a toothbrush at your place. That's a big thing. He's okay with committing with you and, and leaving a toothbrush and some underwear at your place, some shirts. I feel like you should. 12, he'll actually say the words, I miss you. Again, I'm very persistent. I like you, I want to break you down <laughs> before I, you know, I got you in a headlock. Don't be stubborn with me. Go ahead and tell me you miss me. Don't be like, what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? Tell me why you care because I miss you. Keep it real. That's sexy to me. That, that vulnerability. 13, he wants you to meet his friends. Now this is where I crossed the line. I don't really believe, <laughs> I don't really I believe that they should be able to coexist, but they shouldn't always coexist. I believe in the separation of friendship and relationships, like couples trips and all that to me, especially early in the relationships. I think that is just suicide, but I feel like it is, it is the best test. It, it, I can see why it's important, a, a, a important. And I just recently went on a date um, with um, someone and, and our first date was actually a, um, a little group get together at my um, friend's house and you know we went and I realized then like <laughs> I don't really like you like that you know and the fact that he was just so uncomfortable to be around my friends and or you know he was fun like I felt like he but to me he was a little corny and I was like ah. but he wanted to meet my friends so I felt like that was cool or he was real he was real iffy about it I'm like you know but he ended up going, but that was the last time we went on a date. If that, makes, if that helps bring home the point. 14, he does subtle PDA. Now I do this. I'm not a big PDA person. Like, um, I'm not a big makeout person, even though I have, you know, if you go back in some previous episodes, I'm really, um, I reveal a lot about my past sexcapades. And one of those is like public PDA. I, I like, but I, it's always very subtle for me. Like I like, um, like moving you out the way a little bit, you know, shoving you up the line, being funny or put my arm around your neck and, or, you know, rubbing your hands or, um, pinching your thigh or, you know, popping you. I'm like that kind of thing, like, or a little shove in the chest or, you know, smack on ass and a mwah on the jaw, you know, like one of those things. I'm that kind of person, not a full on makeout person, like per se, but I like little things like that. He doesn't look at his phone when you're hanging out, which is a big thing for me. Every time I'm around people, I, I've, I've learned, I don't know if it's maybe a lot of my post um, COVID breakdown 
um, after the quarantine, I realized that I spent a lot of time in my phone and never really paying attention to the people that I'm around. And so when, now that we are post quarantine, a lot of things that I've been, a lot of times that I hang out with my friends, I like to put my phone down on the table and never really look at it. I'll take my breaks, but and I have my Apple watch too. So if I see someone's texting me and it's important, but other than that, I don't respond. And I, I, because I really want to enjoy the people that I'm around. I don't remember a date. I remember, I feel like my, my most important relationship. I remember like, I, I felt like the one that was most impactful and most, I feel like that was my, tr- my truest relationship. We never, we would literally be in our own world for hours. And I would forget that there was another world outside. Like our phones were always in the dashboard and we would just be talking, listening to music and maybe get, even getting high or sometimes like that, or we would, or maybe even getting high sometimes like that, or maybe we would be out somewhere eating and I was just so immersed. Like you forget that the world is around you and that's how you genuinely know you like somebody. Okay, and so drum roll, the last cosmopolitan sign that he really likes you is he wants to show you things he really likes. Hmm. Vulnerability is the growing theme around all these things. He's vulnerable around you. He'll show you the things that he likes. If your man is not really, really, really vulnerable around you, I don't think he even likes you. But some people use that vulnerability as a manipulation. But that's not here. That's neither here nor there. But if he likes you, he's vulnerable around you. He'll show you the things that he likes. It shows you the things that he doesn't like. Talks about what he used to do when he was a kid. All the Shows you all the paintings he does, all the food that he makes, all the music that he listens to. Mine is music. If I'm sharing songs with you or sharing like ideas or ideas for a song or I'm sharing like um, music videos or I like you Um, because I don't really show that with everybody. But yeah, those are the cosmopolitan.com's 16 ways to find out that the dude you like actually likes you back. So that if you want to read them and go through that slideshow, it's going to be in the description box. And that wraps up the show. This was a really, really cool show. I felt like it was in better spirits, right? I'm not yelling at you about how you're a racist, even though you probably still are. Um, casually, of course. Um, uh, a lot going on in the world. So I decided to bring a little levity to the world today in this show. Make sure you follow, subscribe, share this show if you like it. Tell me why you don't. Twitter.com slash Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. I'm listening. I might not always respond, but I'm not to respond. So especially emails. If you really want to get me, Carmine Davis show at gmail.com. I'm a, I'm a better emailer than a, a DM person. So let me know what y'all think. Thank you again for listening to my show. I'm excited that we're back to the kind of the original format. Um, Oh, yeah. Also in the description, there are a lot of cold cases, mainly um, Breonna Taylor. It's killer. It's still not in custody. There's so many of them. And if you click the link in the description, there are ways to get involved with those petitions and people you can contact and call. I actually got into it with a lady maybe two weeks ago. Um, in a town hall. She's like, why do you guys keep calling here? Because we want justice, damn it. 
and I'm going to keep calling and I want you all to call and I want us to bring these people to justice. There's so many cold cases of my brothers and my sisters who have not gotten their justice. And so if you go into the description, click the link and I want you guys to do your part. You might not, you know, you, I get it. COVID is an excuse for you not to show up to a protest. You got a phone. If you're not with T-Mobile, you know, you didn't get a little outage. Call, call your, um, these, these local government, these, these officials who can make these things happen. So there's a link in the description, um, to do that. So again, thank you guys for listening. I love you. I appreciate you guys. Y'all be careful out there and I'll see y'all next week. Yeah.